Welcome to UCLA Extension's Business Insights with Roger Trenaden, where we highlight hot topics and underlying economic trends useful to you. Thank you for joining us during this unprecedented time as our economic situation seems to be delving further into crisis. Let's join Roger now to gain insight on the current situation and what the future may hold based on past instances. As if the global health care crisis would not be enough, we are all witnessing the health care crisis morphing quickly into another economic crisis with more impact than the meltdown 10 plus years ago. As discussed in prior podcasts, we have had many financial panics in our country's history, but that doesn't make this less scary. My focus today is to set reasonable expectations for our present panic and suggest what will be different as we will recover over the typical one to one and a half years. As painful as our day-to-day experiences are today, they are temporary. However, today and tomorrow's government-related fixes in process to the issues will have long-term impacts and will define a different economic, business, and government environment in 2021 and 2022 and thereafter. Our podcast series is all about business insights, which includes recognition of how the public and private sectors have dealt with crises before and today's crisis mitigation tools. There most assuredly will be a new normal, and in 15 minutes, I think you'll know what to expect. We at UCLA Extension are first and foremost educators, not prognosticators. This podcast is based on fact patterns and where they are leading us. Please re-listen to our prior 11 podcasts recorded from late 2019 as they are foundational for many of today's financial triage actions. They are available on this site and each one is only 15 to 18 minutes. These podcasts build on each other so you can follow the stream of thoughts and facts in less time than watching a Netflix movie. For good or bad, there is a rich history of U.S. panics, but I offer these highlights. First, there is always a unique cause of a national or global financial panic, but each one, no matter the cause, has these temporary but destructive impacts. These include the fact that discretionary purchases drop to conserve cash with the exception of goods thought to be in shortage. This podcast is recorded today, March 20th, and there is a frantic rush into U.S. dollars around the world. The U.S. paper currency is selling as a premium in certain European cities, emphasizing the hoarding instead of consuming. Savings rates in the U.S. are spiking upwards. Additionally, stock markets plunge during financial crises. Investors want the certainty of cash as they are afraid they'll lose most if not all of their money. Any and all liquid assets are overwhelming the U.S. marketplace. The Federal Reserve is pushed to buy massive amounts of United States Treasury bills, notes, and bonds. The buying is well into the trillions of dollars in the past week alone. The bond markets typically become illiquid as new buying drops or stops. This week, the Federal Reserve has been the default buyer of not only government debt, but commercial paper and reportedly European debt to help support the European banking system. 
As of today, there is a probability that the European crisis may cause stringent cash withdrawal limits or even European bank closures. Keep in mind after 9-11, the U.S. financial markets were pretty much closed for a week, so this action has fairly recent precedent. For real estate, the markets become volatile and prices drop as buyers are afraid to make long-term commitments and take on substantial new debt. Over the past month, real estate transactions have all but dried up in China, with the same impact expected in Europe. Actually, the same is expected here in the U.S., particularly as credit risks rapidly escalate due to large job furloughs and layoffs. Banks will hoard dollars rather than take the increased credit risk of lending them. The bad news in real estate is that the pipeline has not yet been announced, and the data takes weeks to accumulate and report. But, I'm sorry to say, expect some really bad news in real estate over the next several weeks. The job market enters a period of turmoil as employers are forced to cut operating expenses for company survival fears. Payroll is the obvious first choice of cost savings as many expenses are fixed, including rent, utilities, property taxes, insurance, local government fees and permits, maintenance, repairs, and more. Not only is personnel reduction quicker, but savings could immediately include related expenses such as Social Security taxes on compensation. U.S. jobs in the restaurant and hospitality industry alone exceed 14 million versus the 160 million person total U.S. workforce. Continued closures in this sector by itself can push the unemployment rate across the United States up as much as 5 to 8 percent, but this data won't surface for many weeks. Let's talk about new investments. Investments have already been dropping prior to the turmoil of the past couple of months, and new investments will drop more substantially in light of lower product and service sales as customers defer new purchases and lack of new investments. This will further reduce employment. Overall, economic downturns and financial panics often go hand in hand creating a spiral downward. Many of our listeners know well the recent financial crises had all the above patterns with 2008-2009 leaving many unpleasant memories. Credit for that particular crisis is given to the mortgage securitization implosion that even created fears that ATM machines would stop providing cash and that our banking system would be destroyed. Actual damages were very significant, but far short of the worst fears. Public and private, that is cities plus insurance companies, which include Fannie Mae and AIG, were expected to be bankrupted and they came close. And the thought was that many home foreclosures would kill the U.S. real estate industry as well as family prospects for recovery. However, in 2010 and 2011, we entered a healing or stabilization period with a huge and long-term boom in stock, bond, and real estate prices as well as lower and lower unemployment. Now we're back in the fear stage. Let's move from the terrible daily news to what a recovery would look like. Number one, a stock market recovery will come when the dollar hoarding pretty much runs its course. As risky as stocks look now, they will morph into one of the preferred assets to buy and hold for many years during the recovery phase. Number two, the daily news will likely get worse 
for the next several months, even if a coronavirus vaccine is on track for delivery within a year. The credit markets will be more and more negatively impacted with a pipeline of business and personal bankruptcies flowing from now on. The existing and new home sales will slow to a crawl with those having to sell taking large price markdowns in this new illiquid marketplace. Number three, the foundation for the recovery will be vast amounts of new money creation and debt monetization by the Federal Reserve, the Bank of England, and the European Central Bank. The Bank of Japan and the Bank of China will continue to focus on their own stabilization, with Japan in particular having some distinct global advantages, including 30 years of economic stagnation and high savings rates. China will continue to do what's good for China, given the central controls over their economy. We can't dismiss China's $1 trillion holdings of U.S. securities, but these days the Federal Reserve could possibly create another $1 trillion in new dollars to buy back the Chinese holdings if necessary. Number four, the world's central banks will stop at nothing to protect the banking systems. They know that a banking collapse that could exceed U.S. Great Depression magnitudes will create chaos, instability, and politically unacceptable behaviors. The central banks, at least in the Western world, will create many more trillions of dollars in physical and digital currencies and may ultimately become the largest owners of their own government's debt, public sector bonds, and maybe even the largest corporations through credit stabilization efforts. The United States government credit agencies, including Fannie Mae, may again be guaranteed and controlled by the federal government. Number five, this recovery will be different than the one from 2008-2009 due in large part to the much larger cost of keeping the banks solvent and the credit markets functioning. The key is to restore confidence in the consumer sector. Creating more money does not do that. It only buys time. Number six. Fortunately, the financial markets move based on future expectations. Recall in our initial podcasts the focus on the trillions of dollars that move through the U.S. markets every day and that these trillions of dollars are controlled by as few as 1,000 or so of the largest participants, including money market center banks, which number actually less than 30. At a point, these large participants will move again as a herd, as they did this month and in the future to invest in the next preferred asset groups. Number seven, given that the U.S. Treasury and bond markets will be almost totally controlled by the Federal Reserve, continuing to create vast amounts of new dollars, the preferred investments for the recovery and the longer term will, in my view, be U.S. stocks, U.S. real estate, and possibly, but not necessarily, precious metals. In my view, it's late in the cycle to begin selling stocks and real estate as they are already in large near-term decline trends. These declines may continue a bit longer, but it's a matter of time until the largest global investors, sovereign wealth funds, and many other large funds decide to change course again and deploy their growing cash hoards into the U.S. stock market and U.S. real estate. Recall in the 2008-2009 crisis, a few of these large money pools bought tens of thousands of foreclosed homes, then rented them then sold off the rental income streams to other large investors like insurance companies. These large, big money managers are a creative group, and they will return to the U.S. stock and real estate markets rather quickly. How quick, you ask? I don't know. 
but would guess in the second half of this year when market declines should have largely run their course. Apologies today for a less than professionally produced soundtrack, but as you know, we at UCLA are all working remotely. I plan to continue our podcasts every two weeks, wherever I am, with my stated objective to help you improve your own career and financial planning. I'm truly sorry the health and economic environment is in a tailspin, but we've been here before and we will soon begin recovery. In the meantime, instead of watching the depressing financial markets and news cycle 100% of the time, save some time for yourself and your families. Share more communications. Share more of everything along the way. Dedicate some time of learning about how the economy functions, and that includes the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'll try to help as a guide during this journey. Let me know if you'd like to participate in a free online course that I'm contemplating while we are all socially distanced. In addition to the podcasts, I'm willing to consider structuring a more formal learning journey, including recommending reading resources and even YouTube videos, plus some self-graded quizzes to help the learning process. Please email me at rt. O-R-N-E-D-E-N at UCLA Extension dot E-D-U. UCLA Extension is one word. I'm sure we'll have much more to share in two weeks. I would very much appreciate hearing from you. Be safe, take care, and don't lose the American optimism. Thank you, Roger. And thank you, listeners. As we practice social distancing, we want you to know that we are here with you. Please, try not to be overstimulated by media reports and news. And as Roger suggested, value your time by educating yourself more on the economy and appreciating the people in your life. Be sure to email us at rtornadin at uclaextension.edu on more specific questions, which we will answer either personally or select as part of our future podcast. Hosted by Business and Legal Programs Director Roger Tornaden. This podcast is presented by UCLA Extension and produced by Jamie Moss at Studio 10960. These podcasts are made for educational purposes and are not financial advice. The goal is to educate and provide resources on focused economic and job trends with the latest support research so that you can make more informed financial and career decisions that best suit your personal needs. UCLA Extension offers more than 5,000 online and in-classroom courses taught by over 2,000 leading practitioners to help you get from here to there. For more information on this podcast or our financial and legal programs, please check us out at www.uclaextension.edu.